A Galaxy Not So Far Away, a Mysterious Galaxy podcast. I'm your host, Becca. And I'm Gary. And today we have with us Kellyanne. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the pod. Oh my god, I I know. know. And in appropriate fashion, Kellyanne is here to discuss with us uh, the broader romance genre in manga. I'm excited. This is Heck two yeah. romance romancey episodes in a row, but uh, I'm excited for this one. We haven't really like we had our manga episode when we first put the section in the store and you started building that out. But I'm excited to like get more niche with it. I mean, we've had one other niche episode when we uh, discussed um magical girl. Stuff. oh yeah that is true like it wasn't a manga only episode but largely it, it ended up being one right because that's just that's where the genre came from yeah 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 i forgot about i don't think i was on that episode so i think it's just oh my like gosh, were you not? no i think you i weren't? just edited it i think i let y'all oh. do it yourselves oh yeah. i think you did i i do kind of remember that that's mm. probably the only episode i wasn't on now that i think about it Wow, no, that's not true. Again. I wasn't on the Olivia Date episode either. Yeah. Or the Sarah Coon one. Yeah. So this has happened. Yeah. Wow, Gary. Yeah, geez, Sorry, Gary. I'm just a slacker. <laughs> Me. Blowing off episodes all left and right. Um, so... Where where should I start? Should I give a little, like, uh, overview, do you think? Just, like, a nice little... Yeah. What do you mean when you say, like, romance manga? So... Manga is a little different than, well, certainly it's it's a lot different genre-wise than Western novels, like, mm-hmm. like books that we have in our store traditionally up until this point, stuff like that. Like, it's very different. Um, and even in a more minute way, like, I would say that the genre specifications and the way it's, like, subcategorized is even different than uh, Western comics. And uh, so we're going to discuss romance um, overall because, like, the romance genre is, like, used as a general sort of, like, plot mechanic. Very similarly the way that, like, you know, like, we know it to be used, right? Like, in a a rom-com or, like, you know, in a thriller drama, stuff like that, right? Like, where stories that we enjoy here in the West compound on, like, multiple popular genres instead of just doing only one thing um so there will be stories like that that we discuss but like the the best way to describe it is think of it like manga have the umbrella genre and then underneath that several subgenres, and okay sort of what is the drive the driving force behind what puts the manga into what category regardless of like if you like it or i like it and it's not like geared at us like that's incidental that doesn't matter um the the demographic that the marketing thinks is going to like pick it up is what ultimately decides its subgenre. does that make sense okay yeah kellyanne yeah mm-hmm. okay <laughs> i was like yeah i think you you understand I was like, you, I, yeah <laughs> I mean, I think it's a reader. similar thing. I think it's a similar thing that just happens like 
in general with genre stuff at the store, right? Because, like, we have a limited number of genres that are available in the store. We'll get a book in sometimes, and we'll have, like, a almost a deliberation about, like, where are we going to put this? What genre do we think... Ah. Who do we think is going to pick this book up? David has made an excellent comparison from behind me at his desk. Nice. He said, like, a cozy is different from a thriller, but they're both mystery. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that is an excellent comparison that leads me into sort of the four main demographics that I think we are going to be discussing today. And that is shonen, shoujo, seinen, and jose. Um, are, are, I know, Kellyanne, that you're familiar. Um, Gary, are you at all familiar with these uh, terms? I recognize the first two. Okay. I don't know the other two. That is not surprising to me because... I mean, it, it makes sense that you would know Shonen because Shonen Jump, like, yeah, is the most popular publication from Japan over here. I mean, yeah, we've talked wise. about yeah. Shonen Jump and, um, like, the app that we're both subscribed to at this yeah. point. And uh, I, I'm sure that you have, like, retained in your subconscious um, Shoujo Beat, which was yes. the um, companion uh, manga comic magazine that was published for a long time but they don't make it anymore and i hate that they don't make it i have one from 2006 on my bookshelf it was the original run of nana like i'm oh. just i'm just saying that that's incredible i have so many um like old mangas from shoujo beat still just gosh yeah so yeah so shonen um and shoujo are for teens and like children typically It's going to be a under 18 demographic most of the time that they're going for. And again, like I want to specify and I will specify over and over. That's like the majority, right? Like that is what their target audience is. Obviously, all of us here have books in these categories that we've read or are currently reading and enjoy. So it's not like it's odd, right? Like it's yeah, these books are interesting across the board. So I would say for those of you listening who maybe aren't familiar or don't read manga, don't be deterred by the subgenre that the book falls into if the plot is something that you're interested in. I say give it a chance, you know? I, I think, again, this is just something that we see in in publication in general anyway, right? Because, like, the biggest consumers of young adult novels in our store are adults, that's just how it goes. Like, it's just, you know, people who've been through these experiences are now looking back and being like, you know, identifying with those stories. Right. I mean, and like, it makes sense because we have like an insight, like a, yeah. a, a foresight into sort of like why the characters are struggling with the things that they do, blah, blah, blah. Um, so uh, let me describe a little bit more for you than the other two uh, genres. Please. So, uh, Seinen and Jose are the adult demographic um, equivalents of Shonen and Shoujo. So, Seinen is typically catered to the interests of young adults and, like, adults and older uh, men. And then Jose for uh, women in Japan. And, um... Sorry, let me look at my notes. I lost my train of thought. So a, a big topic that you see a lot in Jose uh, is going to be, like, office romance. Um, I will say that office romance is very popular in both for, like, romance-based stories because, you know, 
office work is the, I believe, highest, you know, held, like, number held job in Japan. Uh-huh. Most people are office workers, like, on the day-to-day, right? So the, the, a lot of manga, um, what, what am I trying to say? A lot of manga capture that because it is something familiar, right? Like, even if, even if you and I don't, tra- like, work in a traditional office, like, the work we do at the end of the day, like, when we're in the back room and we're, like... Everybody's at a computer yeah, or something it's a, it's at an a desk doing their own thing. Yeah. Just because we don't have cubicles doesn't mean we are behaving in that style. Exactly. Um, and uh, also in Jose Manga, you see a lot of emphasis on settling down and marriage because, like, these are big things that are emphasized for adult women in Japanese society. Yeah. Um, but also you do see a lot of the opposite, which is, like, women sort of be like being more assertive and being more, like, in charge of their identity and their sex- sexuality. Blech. Excuse me. Um, especially in recent years, we've seen, like, a lot more of that, which is super great because, um, you know, a, a lot of feminist activists in Japan do have problems with the tropes that are presented in manga that do sort of cater to a misrepresentation of women. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I do think it's good that, like, the the pendulum is sort of now swinging the other way, right? And then seinen manga, um, for the male demographic, do tend to be uh, a lot heavier into mixing romance into other genres that are popular with their demographic. Um, a lot of non-romance seinen titles uh, include, like, One Punch Man, Berserk, Tokyo Ghoul, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure... Mm. Um, so, you know, like, a lot of, like, action, sci-fi, horror, adventure, yeah. like, things that men traditionally like. We in... got plot to deal yeah. with. There's no time <laughs> for romance here. But then also when there is romance, right, like, um, it's, it's secondary, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so the action yeah. comes first, especially, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And like <laughs> David just pointed out, which is interesting about some of these titles is, that a lot of them did see their first publications in Shonen Jump. Um, mm. And that was okay. something that I was going to touch out a little bit later. Like, titles like Nana, people argue incessantly about whether or not it's a Jose or a Shoujo. Um, and I think a lot of that argument comes from the fact that it is originally from Shoujo Beat. Sure. Um, but I would say, I don't know about, like, you, Kellyanne, because you've read Nana, right? I actually haven't read Nana. <gasps> I know. The gasp of horror. Can we please... I'm going to... We need to pause the podcast no, and just like... Gary, I'm going <laughs> to send you like a dramatic like dun-dun-dun. Oh, put good. Like... Please. Anyways, so Nana follows the lives of two uh, young women in their 20s. And like... It deals with some heavy subjects like substance abuse and sexual assault. And uh, I would consider that to be Jose. Like, that's definitely... I think that when we look at things like Shonen Jump uh, and Shoujo Beat, we have to remember that the overlap between teens and young adults is just a couple of years. And so I do think that the stories that, you know, the publications found and find appealing to those in that sort of like between 16 and 20 range 
can easily find their way into shonen or shoujo, right? Like publications, like magazines. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. I mean, especially because um, it's like the phenomenon uh, that like Gary was just talking about of I think most people are familiar with shonen and shoujo and like those terms as subgenres, whereas mm-hmm. if they get even like even though the categorization of like seinen versus jose is more accurate, it's not as common knowledge. No, absolutely. I think it's becoming more common knowledge. Like, I feel like people are, especially with, weirdly enough, with sources like TikTok, giving people, yeah. like, you know, like, like a specialized, you know, sort of videos to look at. A lot of people are, are learning about these things for sort of the first time. And, you know, I think that it's interesting, too, that as we talk about more titles in the romance, you know, umbrella of these subgenres, how much like confusion about oh that is technically the genre mm-hmm. will like happen because like for instance you would not necessarily think that chobits is a seinen title but it is okay are both of you familiar I'm no. not familiar with Chobits. I'm looking <laughs> Here, it up right now. I will send you. I have this up on my. It is a really interesting book. Okay. Um, I've heard of Chobits. I just never actually. She is. Uh, this character is. So I sent you the familiar. Goodreads thing for it. Um, okay. She is the main character in Chobits. She's a humanoid, like, computer. Uh, she can't do anything. She's broken, um, and the main boy character, Hideki, finds her in a pile of trash. Uh, and he lives in a society where, like, these sorts of, like, droids are very common. Um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, he is very anti that. Like, he does not rock with it. it it says in the description that he's a technophobe a technophobe but still he feels really like bad for her for having been abandoned and like left naked in the fucking in the fucking trash like she's yeah in, like wet pile of trash and so he takes her home um the thing is that she is like uh, she's kind of like a love doll sort of oh um i can't remember let me i feel like he like kisses her or something to like turn her on it says <laughs> he finds that she may be more advanced than her childlike behavior lets on and this now i'm like i'm now reading this as like oh there's like some adult things happening here yeah so like again he finds her buck naked because that's how they are like brought um the thing is a lot of these books in the seining category right they have some problematic elements and they have some in the beginning you know a little more questionable like jokes and stuff but if you like dig in and sort of like you know, sit through some of the bullshit, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of these series end up being really worth it. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that the character development in Chobits and sort of, like, different things about, like, the commentary on, like, technology in Japan and, like, sure. the, inv- the advancement of it and sort of, like, what does that mean for things like the sex industry? Like, it is an interesting topic. And, like, I think it's just so unfortunate, you know, that sometimes you gotta wade through the less savory stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. personally have not read Chobits. I watched a couple episodes of it when I was younger. Because it was, you know, like, one of those pretty anime shows uh-huh. that everybody, like, had pictures of on their, like, MySpace. And I was like, what's this? And then I was like, what's this? And I think that it's because, at the end of the day, for us in the West, like, a lot of her character archetype ends up being what we would call manic pixie dream girl okay because like you know like she's an abandoned quote-unquote woman that's been like left for dead and then like she has this quirky personality unlike the other droids (laughs) and like she's not like other girl robots and <laughs> he hates robots but this one has boobs and smiles at him so he likes this robot sure and so yeah i mean i feel like this is a story i've i've seen a lot yeah um i think that's just common for like a lot of i think that's a huge barrier sometimes in trying to get other people into manga or anime is that like there's a certain amount of like to us it's like ridiculous or over the top um but it's not for like the genre that it's in Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i mean like right here in the states when we think about comedy i think that we think about like Maybe, you know, like, cursing and, you know, like, nudity, things like that, right? Like, jokes about sex, jokes about, like, inappropriate, like, things. But I think that a lot more of, like, Japanese comedy, as I understand it, is situational. Yeah. And so, like, to us, we're like, whoa, these are, like, a lot of unnecessary, like, perverted moments that are happening in this, like, thing that I'm consuming and you know the argument has been made from the other point of view like from the japanese side of things that like well it's just like that's funny here that's what yeah there's definitely like a cultural especially with things like comedy maybe with romance too i don't know like i feel like when you get into into like emotional aspects of being they're gonna be really different depending on the culture of the story is coming from um because we all relate to things differently yeah so a a huge thing that you see in a lot of um romance stories and i feel like kellyanne you will agree and attest to this as well in shoujo and jose not so much jose but like shonen shoujo and seinen specifically i see it the most is like this sort of like uh coarse consent thing or, like, non, like, like there's a lack of consent in a lot of moments, right? Yeah. Like, like things happen. Like, you know, 
guy grabs the girl and she's like, get away from me. And he kisses her and everyone's like, the romance of it all. Like, man, I could think of a ton of movies and TV shows that I've I'm seen that think, in Western stuff, too. Kellyanne, do you have like, a good that, example? It's it's that one TikTok trend that what is it called? Um, it's it's literally that. It's just like the TikTok trend where you like do the thing where it's like you the. Are you talking about like, Kaveh Dawn? Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, that. So I would say that. I mean, the, I think that Kaveh Dawn is pretty. Oh well, no, I guess it's not innocent because it literally. <laughs> I don't think it's innocent. No, so Kaveh means wall and Dawn means bang. So it does refer to the action of slapping or hitting a wall fiercely. Um, and okay. typically it is like above or next to the head of the person you are interested in. I can like, see the pose in my head. Or yeah. like hands on like either side of their head against the wall. Uh-huh. Like, and it's like very like. You know, it's like a gasp moment. And like it's yeah. over dramatic. And like, you know, I think. Right, like it's it's designed to make your heart flutter. It's designed to be an over the top dramatic moment. Like I remember to this day, like the original fruits basket manga scene when Kyo hits the wall over Toru's head. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? No, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my yeah. god, it is just such an intense moment, and like this trope is is such a like staple in the anime and manga world that now we see things like in Wotakoi, a popular Jose uh, romance that we carry in store. Uh, there is a scene where the two male characters have like a Kabe Don moment for the comedy of it. Like, and so I think, right? Like it's funny, like it's cute, but it's ultimately like it's meant to be funny. Yeah, and like, I, th- I will see. I think now. that's like a good example of like this fairly innocuous thing that's like I don't think that happens a lot in like Western romance stories. Um, that is kind of just it's it's like you said it's so common that it's become mm. a comedic point in Wotakoi. Yeah, like, for sure, like, there there have been times where it's done seriously, right? Like, the Kyo scene is a serious scene. It's 100% like, serious. It's because, it's because another guy is hitting on Toru, and he's trying to, like, assert dominance in the moment, right? And be like, this is my woman. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> what? That's totally I, what no, he's doing. That's exactly what happened. I'm just laughing because I love Fruits Basket. And I read it when I was very young, and I fell for that 100%. I mean, also speaking about Fruits Basket, like, it is one of my favorite series of all time, but, like, I'm sorry, Rin and, um, Haru are are cousins. Yeah. They're, They're related by blood to one another, and they are in a relationship, and... We say nothing. We're like, eh, but it's such a beautiful mm. story. Like, <laughs> Gary's short circuiting. I know that it's hard for you to hear that, Gary, right? But are so, they first cousins? Like, how close were they? I don't know. I couldn't possibly answer that question. They don't give us a genealogy test okay. in the manga. That's fair. They're just like, yeah, everyone in the Soma family, and they have the last name Soma. 
Oh my god. Okay. Well, but all right. I want you yeah. to remember this. Family names in Japanese culture, right? It's a little different. Like it's 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 a family like it's a family name, right? Like let me let me double check this. I'm I'm pretty sure this is correct. Sorry guys, give me one second. Very right, good. I've already forgotten what you were looking up. I'm looking into sort of the I'm looking into how last names are transferred in Oh yeah. Japanese oh like family culture. names. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about family because, names. Because uh-huh. right, like it's it's like a so there's a surname. Uh uh-huh. there's like Is this like a marry into the family, like it either either direction you marry into the family and you like take on that surname? I've is it the Western, like, passing down from, like, man to his wife? Or, like, is there a bigger thing there? Sorry, I don't expect you to, like, do this research right now <laughs> or talking. I'm just, like, curious about it. And I know I'm you're already, cry. like, poking poking this direction. Um. Oh, here. Well, I mean, we don't talk about how, uh, ever like, everyone in Fruits Baskets are, like, is from, like, the Soma family. Um, but, like... In comparison to something like Vampire Night, which... Oh my god, right? (laughs) Gary, imagine this. Uh Uh-huh. You are reading a book, and in this book, there's a couple being set up, and, like, they are dating now. Canonically, like, they're dating. Oh, precious. Adorable. And you love them. Love it. You're like, oh, I'm so glad this is happening. What a good couple. And then you find out at the very end of the story, at the very, very end, that they're brother and sister. Oh. Oh, it's Star Wars. No, but, like... (laughs) But But it's more of a... Star Wars is not a romance, but, like... It's like if Star Wars had only focused on Luke and Leia developing their relationship and also they were vampires. You know, I don't want to also make this about Star Wars. We were talking about the, like... I mean, there's Star Wars manga. We can talk about it a little bit. There are Star Wars manga. We were talking about... There's um, not any romance ones because they're This sort of, like, aggressive, like, hitting the wall, like, closeness... Yes. Yes. Uh, I feel like Empire Strikes Back is full of that with Han and Leia. Like, not a specific, like, motion, but just, like, that, like, energy that, like... Doesn't it literally happen between Rey and uh, Kylo? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. I feel like it does. It does in my brain. But That's like, there's that, is. there's, there, there, there are two moments in Empire Strikes Back that are like incredibly tense. Like, is this romantic or not sequences with Han and Leia? Because there's one on Hoth where they're in the hallway and he's talking about leaving and she doesn't want him to go. And he's like, well, tell me you don't want me to go because you, you, you'd miss me. You want me here. And she's like, no, you're a good asset to this army. And he's like, I'm going to go. And then there's the scene later when they're on the Millennium Falcon after he's rescued her and pulled her off Hoth. And he's like, she's been trying to like fix something on the ship. And he's like rubbing her hands, like cleaning her fingers. And there's that tension of like, don't touch me like that. This is what she is. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, 100%, 100%, 100%. Princess Leia... If if this was an anime, it would be Sundarade. She would absolutely. 100%. She's the one that's like, 
It's not like I like you or anything beautiful idiot that I love so much. I'll kill you. That's what she's doing the whole time. The whole time. Literally, like, they have a child together and still at the end of the series, she's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly. (laughs) Um... No, but yeah, no, I, I think it's totally fair to bring that up because it, it gives a good example of like, yeah, that is like, it is a dynamic that is used in Western stuff. Just it's, it, it's brought differently. Yeah. And so totally. I think, I think that first and foremost, like, this is just my opinion. I think that we as non-Japanese readers, like not living in Japan, should like remember as like a whole, like as a whole community that... It's not our society that is being discussed. It's not our yeah. morals and values and, like, our, you know, what is and isn't in or out, you know, being put into it. Like, certainly, American pop culture has had some influence, or else you wouldn't have Jennifer Lawrence's name being put into freaking uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, like, it's not about us and, like, even if, like, something in a manga, like, is very, you know, hard for us to deal with, we're only, like, a secondary audience. And ultimately, like, the action and the work is already being done by people in Japan. So I just think it's it's important yeah. to, like... I think that people just take it too far sometimes, you know? Like, they want to, like, freak out and demonize things. And I think that, like, we have to remember... That, like, it's different here than it is there. Sure. That is my ultimate point. However, well, I think you're right. I do want to point out that you should always do your research because, like, for instance, we will never carry Roni Kinchin in store because the creator uh, was a pedophile. Yikes. And, like, was, like, convicted as such. If my memory serves correctly. Yikes. Yep. It happened in 2018. And so, like, I think it's important to just, you know, do your research and find out what you can. Um, But always, like, keep in mind, too, that, like, manga ka are not the same sort of, like, public figures the way that, like, authors are here in the states right mm-hmm. like we don't know what a lot of manga called look like like uh the yeah we talked about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah who always wears the the chicken mask <laughs> yeah um i want to talk about or in high school host club incredible i have that on my in my notes too because okay. yeah let's talk, talk about, about our high school host club uh, or Esco House Club is my comfort anime. I've watched that anime like I don't know. I want to say somewhere in the twenties. That's how many times wow. I've watched it. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, it doesn't surprise me knowing you, but also wow. Yeah, I'll just rewatch it when I'm bored. Who's your favorite? My favorite are the twins. No, not I'm the sorry. Twins. It's the twins. I was like, I was like, maybe we can avoid talking about the twins. No, we um, can't because they're my favorite. <laughs> so the twins in Orin High School Host Club are like one of those things that we were talking about where you exactly. gotta be like, where you gotta sort of um, grin and bear it because there are definitely a lot of like um, 
gay jokes about them together in the show. And a lot of those jokes are made by them. (laughs) It is a whole bit through the entire thing. That is probably the biggest thing that you have to get past if you want to get into Orin High School Host Club. All right. But, you know, that's saying something, because I feel like most people that I know that do watch a little bit of anime or do read just a little bit of manga, that's, Mm -hmm. like, the one. That's, like, the most common one that I found amongst, like, I mean, yeah, it was... That... For me, it was because the series was incredibly popular on AMV YouTube. And... (laughs) Yeah, I was friend like I was an AMV maker when I was like a, a young teen. Wow, this does not surprise me. Yeah, I was going to say, Becca, do you want to talk about your? AMV I know, music? I know. I think I think Becca has talked about yeah. it before. I mean, I had a very small streak of fame, and then uh, the FCC was like, "No, shut down your account." Just kidding. I don't know if it was the FCC, but I did get <laughs> shut down for like uh, you know copyright infringement or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> There's a small part of me that just, like, kind of hopes that at some point in the distant past, I saw something you made. Most certainly. Um, I did a lot of Naruto, Bleach. Oh, I almost certainly saw something you made. I did a lot of Bleach. I was really, but, but here's the thing. You probably didn't. Because I wasn't making, like, cool, like, fighting game. I was making, like, Sasuke and Naruto to Simple and Clean by Utada Hikaru videos. Wow! (laughs) I I was, like, sobbing at 3am, like, editing Inuyasha in Sony Vegas at, like, 12 years old. This just reminds me of the conversation Gary Darcy and I had yesterday about, very briefly, about Naruto. Excuse me? Where Darcy was like, Uh I don't know anything about Naruto, except for the fact that, according to Tumblr, Sasuke and Naruto are endgame. So I think that's really funny that Becca was like, Well, you know, let me source this before I say it. (laughs) Uh, I was telling, I was telling Darcy that, like, yeah, like, I think the first episode in which Naruto and Sasuke is exchange words in the show they also kiss not intentionally okay so yeah yeah the creator of um naruto admitted in an interview that uh, he had he had been planning to have them like together like sasuke and naruto for it to be like a, a gay you know romance um i I want that so much more than but, what the show gave us. But he was like, oh, I can make a shit ton of money making this into like, or like, I can make this really popular, like, by making it a shonen that's like, you know, not focused on that because it just like, you know, at the time it wouldn't have. Yeah. It would not have worked out. Like, wow. But imagine the like micro Naruto Sasuke. Like, if that had been the thing they were pursuing from the start, I don't imagine the show would have been, like, a thousand episodes, but... I mean, like, clearly at the end of the day, like, Sasuke and Naruto have an extremely homoerotic relationship. Like, you cannot Absolutely. deny... Absolutely! Like, They're the whole... The whole point of the entire show is the two of them. Have either of you consumed any of Boruto? 
No. Uh, a little bit. Not very much. But Guys, in the episode where Sasuke comes back to the village after, like, a mission, he goes to see Naruto before seeing his wife and child, who he hasn't yeah. seen in months. Yup. Yup. Like, yep. I'm just saying, like, that is foul of him. <laughs> but also, like, I do really love Sasuke and Sakura together, and, like, there's a really sweet moment in boruto where he like says to his daughter how cute sakura was as a kid like when yeah. they were kids and i think that's so nice but also i think it's so funny at the same time because the entire time they were kids i was like meanwhile when they were kids sakura hi sasuke sasuke shut up never speak to me again don't look at me disgusting yeah he was such an asshole he's like i literally hate you you are the worst human being ever i'm gonna leave Adult Sasuke really mellowed out. Yeah, it's called a trauma. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, but Orin High School Host Club was just great. I really loved uh Takashi. The... Do you mean Tomaki? No, uh I guess you would know Mori somewhere. Oh, oh. Yeah, Takashi is his first name. Oh, that makes sense. I do. Yeah. I am recalling now. That makes sense. I also He's really him. sweet. He He's is like sweet. this really tall, like sort of a protective older brother, strong, silent type. I think the great thing about Orin High School Host Club is the fact, I think it's probably like the first and maybe only thing, like reverse harem that I've like actually really like read or watched really um yeah i i i mean i told you i watched it like 20 times so uh i just never yeah. consumed new content i just watched that over and over again i i really pulled the gary on that one i would say i would like have you seen kamisama kiss at all i haven't oh my god it's great I would argue that that has elements of reverse harem in it, just because, like, all of the characters are, like, a little bit in love with the main girl. Yeah. Um. Gary, were you going to say something? No, I didn't have anything. Gary was going to... I'm listening. ...combat my, uh, that was a Gary move comment. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I thought about, I thought about arguing against it, and I was like, no, that's right, though. I'm sorry, Gary, it's how true, many times have you are. read the Chorus of Dragons books? Like... Seven? Oh my god, Gary. Oh. <laughs> the the last one's coming out in April. Michelle's reading it right now, so eight? Oh my god, Gary. That is a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um we're not gonna really discuss it in this episode, mostly because we don't have that much time left. Uh, but I do want to include in the description, there's going to be this really great article um, that was originally published in 2001 in a uh, old magazine called the Japan Quarterly. Yeah. And it's just a little like brief overview of the history of uh, shoujo manga. And it's a really interesting read. Uh most manga like most shoujo and shonen stories uh come from like 1902 like that's when it sort of started and uh it started with like little magazines that eventually like grew into what we know today yeah and 
I just thought it would be nice to include this and uh, have our listeners yeah. give it a look. This yeah. was a fast. This was a fascinating read. I appreciate you linking it. Uh, I'm sorry we don't have the time to like really like dig into like the history of this stuff in this way because this is fascinating to me. I mean, it's okay. Like, I, I think that they can get it elsewhere. <laughs> no, definitely. It's going to be in the episode description. I'll link this for sure. Um, other romance that I would like to include uh, are Kimini Todoke. I uh, love Kimini Todoke. I think that's such a wonderful series. The series follows, um, I want to say her full name. So one second. It's Sawako something. Uh, yeah. Uh, Doing the notes for this episode, like, typing up my notes and, like, Googling different shoujo mangas unlocked so many core memories for me of my childhood. <laughs> when I Amazing. When, okay, so first, a, a little story time. So when yeah, Kelly please. put out the schedule last week or whatever, I saw like, oh, podcast on Thursday. And I immediately went, did I agree to that? Okay. <laughs> you walked up to me like, what are we recording? No, I literally said it to Kelly as the schedule came out. I was like, I mean, that's fine. I'll be on the podcast. I just don't know what we're podcasting about. So I marched to the oh back and I'm like, hey, Gary, what we podcasting about? And he was like, I was like, y'all agreed to this. This was between the two of you. This is so fun. I, I had we talked about. I, think I had we no recollection about it here, like at at my apartment. I, that that no, I think it. it happened in the store because yeah. you and I had a conversation. We were supposed to put to, we were supposed to put together the schedule for what podcasts were going to happen, and the two of us. I wrote down on a sticky note what podcasts we had ideas for for February and March. And then we walked up to Kellyanne right then and we're like, Kellyanne, will you talk to us about romance manga? Wow. And I probably it happened like, in yeah, the sure. store. He like caught you. I, I mean, I'm just telling you that I have no recollection of it. I was probably doing the new books and I was like, yep. I might good. have that sticky note somewhere. I doubt I'll find it, but I might have it. So I'm the bad guy. So yeah, I, for, I forgot. It um, and then Gary reminded me and then I was like, oh God, do I have anything to talk about for this this episode? Like, what do I talk I about? you did. We literally hang out. I know. Like, we literally hang out. We, we watch anime, so... Yeah. yeah, we've gone manga shopping together. I I started doing my notes, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah, here it is." It turns out I I read a lot of shoujo manga. <laughs> okay, so Kimini Todoke follows the story of Sawako Kuronuma in high school. She has long black hair and bangs, and um. Everyone is really mean to her and calls her uh, Sadako, like from The Ring. Oh, um, <laughs> and, that's like, not very nice. They think that she can like see spirits or whatever. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> they're really mean. They bully her. They don't want. They don't want anything to do with her. And then one day, one of the most popular boys in the class, this boy Shota Kazehaya. He just like goes and like talks to her and he sits by her and it's so nice. Um, 
I highly recommend, highly, highly, highly recommend to anybody, uh, if you have watched the anime but not, like, checked out the manga, you are missing so much good, valuable storyline, especially about, like, the side characters. Um, she has uh, a couple really good friends in the series, um, Ayane and Chizuru. And they're, like, two, like, Gyaru, Kogal, like, they're, like, rough around the edges. They're not necessarily popular. Like, they just kind of hang out the two of them because, like, people think that, like, in their class that they're, like, you know, in a gang or whatever. Like, they they, uh-huh. they don't really like them either. And, uh, yeah, it just got a really nice cast. It has, it has that, like, slice of life feeling, but... It is in a slice of life, if that makes sense. Like, does that make sense? I I like that. I like that because I am a fan of, like, slice of life stuff. Like, sometimes it's really nice to just have characters vibing in their space and, like, doing their own thing. Right? And, like, I don't know. Like, growing up is hard. Like... It's so hard. <laughs> Slice of Life is so cute. Actually, Gary, did you know that there is a Haikyuu spinoff? Like a, a Slice of Life yeah. Haikyuu oh, goodness. spinoff? Oh, goodness. It's called Haikyuu Boo. <laughs> it's, oh, it's very cute and very funny. That sounds cute. Okay. It's all just little I... Slice of Life comics about the different like characters. Oh, you would love Suppose it. Suppose you I'm would love look it. look at that later. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to say. No, we did it. This was the thing. I like, feel like I, I didn't. I feel like I didn't do as good of a job as I could have. I feel like. I mean, like this is what happens anytime we do any sort of I mean, uh, genre topic. Is that it? Always sort of feels like we're just scratching the surface, right? Like I feel like there's so much more that I wanted to say, and I just <laughs> everything's like left my head. We don't have the time to do a three-hour podcast either. No, I guess unfortunately. We don't. Right, because it like uh, there's a part of me that's like, okay, so we just defined those four terms. Becca, please tell me like, what you qualify a as a romance manga. I wrote such a big list of like, uh, what you call it? Examples. Uh, different, yeah, different examples for each. Yeah, like, no, I I asked you one question at the start of this episode, and we never finished it. We didn't. Uh, just like what you would qualify. I asked you what you would what what you would consider a romance manga, oh. and then we talked about like the four categorizations of manga, I'm and we so got sorry. into the weeds. No, 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 no. Like that's the thing. I I think that this is like important when it comes to talking about like identifying genre in general. Anyway, when it comes to like consuming media, because they're so deep and so broad, and like we could do. We could do 10 episodes just about, like, romance manga and always probably be able to mine more stuff Oh, yeah, to talk no, about. literally. Like, like are... any topic is like that. We don't have the time for that. But, like, I appreciate the conversation that we had. I think it was a good... Well, that makes me feel better. I don't know. I just, I just feel bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just how it goes. It's just, like, what happens. Okay. Um, how would I... How would I qualify... A romance. I think Yeah. As long as romance is one of the main elements of the story, then I think it's like 
it, it's a romance. I don't know. Sure. Like, um, there was a long time where I feel like a lot of people didn't, uh, didn't consider Inuyasha to be a romance. Okay. And I know that that might like sound weird, right? Because it's like, obviously it's about the, this high school girl and her relationship with this demon dog man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny but, if you don't know anything about Inuyasha. Just... So, so it's the love story of a hundred plus year old dog demon guy and a 15 year old Japanese schoolgirl from the modern era. <laughs> Who falls through a magical well um, at the shrine that her family owns. <laughs> this is all I know about Inuyasha. I mean, that's basically the entire storyline. No, I'm just kidding. There's a huge storyline. It's an extremely rich, rich story. I know people that love, I know people that love it. I, I literally that's have I a tattoo of Kagome's cat on my arm. So I would say the, I... I among yeah. the people that really love that series. Um, but no, so I would say as long as romance is like a driving plot, like driving genre in the plot, then it counts. Like, sure. Well, like, do you have something in mind particular that you're like, is this or isn't this? Or are you just like curious? No, yeah, I was just curious because like, I feel like there is a, a real distinction in like western media in like what is a what qualifies as like here's a romance story versus or at least like how we shelf stuff in the store again like this is always going to come back to like the way we make decisions in the bookstore absolutely but, like we don't put this is how you lose the time war in romance yeah but that's a romance story it just happens to have time travel elements and that genre distinction separates it out whereas i think like when we think about romance well when i think about romance manga i think about like any of the different types of manga stories i've read that have a romance a romantic angle well to yeah it. but certainly i i mean you would also agree though that uh, more specific things come to mind right like I don't think yeah. that you would think of like Death Note and be like, no, oh, not particularly. <laughs> you're, yeah, I mean, and you're right. And that like one's when I think about too, because that one does have elements of romance in it. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, I mean, like same goes. You know, any most of the books that I've read over the time we've done this podcast and that we've talked about on this show have elements of romance in them. And if you want to approach the story in that direction, you can. Like, they're. There are very deep, passionate romances in Chorus of Dragons. There's like a really fantastic polyamorous thruple at the, at, the, at the core of the story that I love. But we don't talk about that when we talk about Chorus of Dragons because it's fantasy and there's magic and dragons and gods and other sucks. things going on. I think that just sucks, you know, because like, obviously it's part of the plot for the creator. Yeah. Like they, they made it this way. Because they wanted that to be, like, part but like of that's it, not know? the direction people are approaching it from. Like, if if people come into the store looking for romantic stories, it's really hard to be like, "Hey, read this five book fantasy series that has a deep connection that's not going to be explored until book three. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, maybe if they're into slow burns, maybe, <laughs> maybe. 
Like a really, really slow burn. <laughs> just how it goes sometimes, I guess. Like, like it's the end of the candle that you left on all night <laughs> and forgot about. And then you came home after work the next day. And I'm like, it's still going somehow. Slow flame. Slow burn, <laughs> I mean. Normal pace flame, I guess. <laughs> um... I think that about does it for us. Uh, hey, what are you guys reading right now? Ooh. I am reading. I am in the middle of the, the new Sarah J. Moss book. It's very long, Oh, guys. how's that? Um, it's very long. I... <laughs> it's very yeah. long. That's all I'll say about that. It is very long. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like an endorsement. <laughs> I mean... Wow. I, I'm hey, not going to say anything. we don't anything. have to endorse... We don't have to endorse every No, you're every fair. That's fair. You're right. This is I true. I worry sometimes about that. Like, I worry if people feel like we won't say if we don't like a book. Okay, so here's the thing. I we love We don't take Sarah the time to do that on the show. Uh-huh. Please. But wow. that, that book is, it's too long. It's too long. And I I think uh, the thing about Sarah J. Moss's, char- or like, her books is that they're extremely character-driven. And let me tell you, this series, the, the main two characters of this series in particular, it's not it for me. Mm. They're, they're just not my favorite of her characters, so I, I get bored really easily. Um, hey, I, I get and it. it's like an 800-page book. Yeah, it's enormous. Um, yeah, I can't do that. But I am also reading the new Sarah Gailey, which is incredible. That one is so good. It's called Just Like Home. It comes out okay. in July. And every comp title that they put on this book, I was like, that is a staff pick of mine. It's like, we've That's always amazing. lived in the castle and Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn and something, and Mexican Gothic. Wow. It's about the main character. She's going home to like take care of her mom who's dying and she's going back to this house that her dad had built for them and her dad is this famous serial killer. Oh no. So it's about her like packing up her mom's life and like caring for her and also facing her, you know, like this love that she had for her dad growing up as a kid, not knowing that he was like a serial You know killer. the real story like that, right? No yes, no. One I, second, oh my god. I do believe that it is based on I mean I'm sure yeah. that I'm sure that there are. So that sorry, I've been watching a lot of true crime stuff lately, so That's fair. Uh, it brought to mind for me, uh, Dennis Rader, BTK, the BTK yeah. killer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I um, do. Mm-hmm. She yeah. has a book, When right? Yeah, when he, they came to arrest him, she was the one who answered the door. And, yeah. like, yeah, she talks a lot in her book, uh, and in her interviews she's done for documentaries and stuff about, like, the turmoil of being, like, the man that was my father in my brain still is not the man that is the serial killer because like he separated the two like they were two different people yeah and like so yeah it's a super compelling thing for someone to like go through right i can totally see wanting to like use that situation for like exploration in a story yeah that's fascinating i think there's gonna be some sort of like supernatural element to it as well um like it keeps hinting that something is like not normal um part of the plot is like she keeps finding notes written in her dad's handwriting around the house as she's cleaning things oh. um and she's like suspecting that it's like 
Uh, her mom has had this artist in residence living out in the garden shed and she like immediately thinks like, oh, it's him doing it to like mess with me. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, why would I just do that? Why would I do that? He said, I don't know what this going sounds on in fascinating. Your life. Yeah. So the Sarah Gailey is like really, really good. And then Kelly and I did the Instagram choose our next read. So I'm going to be reading Book of Night by Holly Black soon because that is what Hell everyone yeah. on Instagram picked for us. That's out soon. It's right? out April 5th, I want to say. So we got okay. a month. Yeah. Yeah, you got some time. That's nice. Not have to do it like super fast. Yeah, buddy. What are you guys Gary, reading? Gary? Gary's Gary reading Chorus of Dragons again. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! I haven't started yet. I'm probably... I'm probably going to start Discord of the God, uh, the Discord of Gods this week so that I can finish it. The problem is like at this point it's March and the book is out next month and I know I'm just going to listen to the audiobook when it comes out so do I really want to read it again right now before I listen to the audiobook in a month cuz that's happening whether I read it right now or not. Yeah. I mean, you're Gary, so my answer would probably be yes. So yeah, the answer is yes. I'm going to read Discord <laughs> of the Gods, and then I'm going to listen to Discord of the Gods in a month. Um, That's probably what's going to happen. I'm also very slowly going through Leviathan Awakes because I just recently binged the entirety of the Expanse series. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, I loved the show. I really like these characters. It's interesting approaching the books now having like some mind like i don't know how faithful the show is to the book so i usually approach this in the other direction where i read something and then i watch it yeah yeah as is valid and uh so i don't know there there are times where like i listen to the book and i feel like i'm not paying full attention to it and i'm like oh i know this story but that's not entirely true like I, f- I feel like I'm not giving it the attention it deserves. So I'm, I'm, I'm really taking my time with it right now. I mean, I think that that's fair. I think it's totally fair, and everyone should always read at like whatever speed works best for them. Like, I'm still working my way um, through uh, the Love Con by Cerisa Glass. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm also still. I think I'm on. Yeah, I'm on chapter thirty-six of Jujutsu Kaisen. Nice. So like, I'm making progress, oh, but like, love it. You know. Yeah. So I am instead. in this constant state of adding more things to my favorites in the show, the Shonen Jump app, and not actually reading them. Oh, it's so oh, easy to just be horizontal and read manga on your phone, though. I true. guess. That's how I read all of JJK in like a week. That's how I, I read all of Haikyuu last year. I don't That's remember fair. what position I was in when I was reading Chainsaw Man. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember crying <laughs> and regret <laughs> and also excitement. I'm about halfway through Incredible. Chainsaw Man. Like I'm on probably like chapter 45 or 50 or something. Oh no, now I'm now I'm really the worst. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're screwed. I think even Michelle has started, and she has children. No, stop that! She has two Ugh. children. <laughs> yeah, I have no excuse anymore. What do you mean anymore? <laughs> what do you mean anymore? <laughs> I just mean the judge instructs the defendant to answer the question. <laughs> I. I just mean that, like. At this point, if if everyone else has also found time, yeah, 
And I still have not managed to. Then maybe that's a me problem. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to a galaxy not so far away where the hard truths are told. <laughs> Damn. Wasn't expecting this today. I don't know how to go on, so uh, we should just wrap this up. Yeah. We should tell people if you want to find if you want to find a store, find a store, Miss Galaxy. <laughs> if you want to find the store, Miss Galaxy find the Books. Store. <laughs> <laughs> Missed Galaxy Books on all social media platforms. Like, all social media platforms, I think. Every it's the single. Same. Bo- well, not Twitch. We don't have a Twitch yet. Oh. Yet. Oh my god, oh. stop it. We don't need a Twitch. Just kidding. <laughs> we, Mysterious Galaxy will not have a Twitch because we've already been told no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what we would do. That's a different. Are you kidding? We could do live readings. We could do our author event streams there. Like, oh my goodness! Stop. Okay, we don't need to have this call. This wow. is a meeting. That's a different now conversation. I'm thinking, I like these ideas, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil them all right here. Anyways, you find us missgalaxy.com, um, at missgalaxybooks. Thank you, Austin Farmer, for putting your music on this insane podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can find a link to his album, Bookshelf Symphony Orchestra, below. Uh, the opening and ending music is cut from the track Pilda Farm Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much for listening in with us. Um, sorry I couldn't educate you all about the uh, differences between American and Japanese like surname exchange, but... You know what? I'll look into it and we'll have a little like... It's another episode. We'll have a little like conversation about it in the next episode or something. <laughs> um, I'll bring it back. We'll do a little like uh, info corner. Next mini-sode. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Thank you, Kellyanne, for joining us. Thanks, guys. And, and Thanks for being here. And, uh, and, and we'll see you again soon <laughs> in the galaxy not so far away.